the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain, and you're listening to episode 246. Now, with me is... Ben Bodley. Ben Bodley. Great to have you back on the New Zealand Tech Podcast yeah, thanks, again. Yeah, thanks, Paul. No, it's, been a, uh, it's been a few months uh, since we last talked just after CES, I think it was. Yeah, so yeah. Um, fill, me, fill, well, fill listeners in on uh, what it is that, uh, that you do with uh, Technique as your firm, isn't it? Yeah, we're a pretty avid um, bunch of uh, of tech and gearheads over at Technique. Now we're a um, we uh, design and integrate video technology into products. So we've been in the uh, consumer game for a while, um, and um, you yeah, know it's uh, it's good to see the uh, the NZ sort of tech scene. I hear there's the uh, new Lightning Lab manufacturing coming online. I think it's this uh, this next run. So yeah, hardware's hardware's cool, man. Yeah, well, you guys have been doing this for for quite some quite some time, uh, but a lot of people won't have heard of you because you sort of work behind the scenes, don't you? In terms of you know working with manufacturers, designing uh, technologies that end up going into products that you know won't bear your name. No, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a um, it's it, it, it's a, a bit of a faceless sort of a a um, sort of a sort of an industry in some ways. You know that um, when you're integrating technology into other players, but. But you know we have a, have a lot of fun. We sell um, you know a lot of products are are um, you know widely produced consumer products, um, big big name brands and, and stuff. So as you know, the customers are all in the US and um, and we're here in little old New Zealand, right? But um, you know they, they 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 like what we do. So that's so. cool. And how many people have you got on the team now? Yeah, no, the company's been growing. Um, you know, we're up twenty staff now, and um, and that's um, that's been a big big uh, move from you know since. Uh, since the last time we talked, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, let, let's jump in. Uh, let's jump into what's happening this week. Uh, first up, Microsoft's Ignite conference, which is a replacement for their uh, their TechEd event, which ran in New Zealand for well, if it had still been TechEd, I think this would have been its twentieth year. Uh, so they've been going for quite a while. That uh, that kicks off uh, here in Auckland on uh, on Tuesday. They've got a whole bunch of uh, speakers from uh, Joe Belfiore, who's uh, Vice President across the PC, tablet, and uh, and phone side of uh, Microsoft. Uh, they've got Laura Butler as one of their other uh, keynotes, who's a distinguished engineer from uh, Microsoft. Uh, James Statton, uh, another one of their uh, their top bods, GM across uh, the cloud enterprise uh, division. Um, and they've got Chris Ford from uh, Pixar uh, Studio, so they've got some uh, some pretty heavy hitters they brought in, plus lots of of locals uh, talking. So um, if you caught this and uh, you had sort of missed the event was coming up, uh, you might still be able to get in. Uh, the event runs uh, Tuesday through to I think uh, where are we talking Tuesday through Friday, um, yeah, in uh, in Auckland with a keynote sort of kicking off uh, late on Tuesday. Uh, now, in other interesting, uh, other interesting happenings, um, was just reading today. This came through on on Twitter. Uh, Marcus Pearson, who's the uh, who was the founder of, um, what's he the founder of? Minecraft. Yeah, the Minecraft. Mi- that's the Minecraft right. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, known as Notch on uh, Twitter. Uh, got a couple of billion dollars for uh, for for selling uh, his his company. 
to Microsoft. Um, he's been uh, lamenting on on Twitter about the uh, the hard life that he that he has. Um, it's quite a fascinating read reading some of his tweets, isn't it, Ben? It is, and, it, and I mean it is difficult. You know, you've got all this money, and you've, you, you know your mates. You know they they do have to work. You know, so so you can you know. I think um, him sitting at sitting there, what did you say, watching his reflection in the TV screen, waiting for his uh, mates to finish work, you know, yeah. so he can do something with his two billion dollars. Yeah, you know, first world problems. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 yeah, it's quite a fascinating read. Um, you know, it seems like he needs to find him something himself something else to get his uh, his teeth uh, stuck into. But uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to be uh, really. Um, in enjoying life to the level that uh, that that one might uh, might expect, I'm pretty sure that you could uh, find something pretty interesting to do with a billion dollars. So I think, I mean, let's watch the space, right? He's, he's you know he's, he's he's bored, so now he's looking for something to do. So I think that there'll be something interesting come of that. Yeah, yeah, the um, yeah the the, the tweet that uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, jumped on was the one he said, hanging out in Ibiza with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want, and I've never felt more isolated. Um, so yeah, it is it is fascinating reading, um, and uh, yeah, I saw uh, Kim dot com actually uh, sent sent him a tweet this afternoon and uh, suggested that he come out and hang out in New Zealand with uh, uh, with Kim. So you never know, we might find uh, we might find Notch is uh, is on his way down to New Zealand at, at some stage after uh, his his trip to Ibiza. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Interesting times ahead, but you know, I guess you look around other billionaires. You know, some of them have really gone on after selling, uh, you know, or, or exiting, uh, you know, successful firms and uh, gone on to some real greatness, right? Um, but there, there are a bunch of others who are sort of one-hit wonders, as it were, and um, you know, the, the the level of their success has been uh, quite measured. Uh, you know, following the the things that really made them made them rich. Yeah, I think that's um, you know, I think that's pretty fair there, Paul. I think um, I think that's not necessarily a harsh call. I think there's been a definitely a few more of the one-hit wonders than the uh, than the shining shining visionaries, right? We need more of them. We do, we do, and uh, you know, I guess yeah, here here in New Zealand, I guess even uh, even having having a few one-hit wonders wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a bad thing in this space either, <laughs> though, right? That's right. Um, so uh, yeah. He's 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 done very well. Okay, on to uh, on on to other uh, subjects. Uh, we've just just heard um, and got an email email through uh, in regards to an announcement from uh, Amy Adams, Minister of uh, Communications, uh, advising that uh, through Crown Fibre Holdings, they put out a, an RFP uh, for companies interested in building the next phase of the ultra fast broadband initiative. Uh, government has, by the looks of it, two hundred and ten million dollars set aside to uh, uh, to expand the uh, the UFB build, and they're, they're going to take that from the initial planned seventy five percent of the population to uh, to hit eighty percent. So uh, that means hitting up a whole a whole lot more uh, um, you know smaller towns around New Zealand. Uh, but I think it's going to be you know absolutely fantastic for. Uh, the, you know those smaller areas to be able to tap into uh, uh, to fibre broadband. What are your thoughts on this, Ben? How important do you think the ultra fast broadband is to you know to New Zealand? Uh, you know both now and sort of you know into in terms of our longer term future. 
Yeah, I think it's it's, it's fairly important. You know, I think there's a um, there's a, a vast number of businesses um, in New Zealand that are that are exporting um, that that are that are leveraging that um, that fast internet connection or you know as fast as it can get. Um, and you know, it's just an enable enabler for us to um, to compete um, globally, right? So so you know, growing that business, getting us away from the primary sector, I think that's all good. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the two ten million. I think that wasn't the last money that they injected into Chorus. I think that was, was that only paid for half of it or something, and they got into a into a crap load of debt. Was that was that something? Uh, well, I, you know, I think the the way it works is the you know the government are loaning some money towards the cost of these builds, right. and so. uh, you know that sort of you know softens it up, and you know it trans changes it from a situation uh, where companies like Chorus, you know. You know they weren't about to roll out a uh, you know a fiber you know no, broad, they broadband build in, in, in most yeah. cases there there are some variations on that for instance uh, um, you know there there was I guess some of the uh, you know local companies that may well have you know have have done it sort of you know um, part you know partnerships and so on um, but you know to to get it to get the fiber internet rolled out uh, you know nationwide something like this. Uh, you know, I think was was necessary to push it along, and uh, yeah, I would I would tend to think that uh, the choruses and uh, others from this world will um, will, will jump in and uh, uh, be keen to build that extra five percent. So yeah, hopefully it all stacks up and um, it all moves along pretty quickly. And getting us getting us some more international capacity, I think, is going to be next on the list. You know, as soon as the um, and you know as soon as everyone's wired up, I think that's going to be that next. Um that next blocker, right? So, um, well, there's the Hawaii cable, which is you know apparently getting you know steps closer, and of course right. we've got uh, uh, the initiative between uh, Spark, uh, Vodafone, and uh, Telstra in Australia to build that extra uh, link across to Australia. Uh, that said, mm. the uh, the current Southern Cross connection still got uh, you know, apparently loads and loads of bandwidth available. That um, you know it's got a good uh, you know ten ten plus uh, years in it, so. There's not an immediate uh, panic, but of course there would be if uh, there was damage to uh, two parts of the existing cable and we found ourselves not connected to the rest of the world. <laughs> so uh, I'm all for having a bit more uh, diversity in our internet uh, connectivity and uh, you know, from, from a competitive aspect as well, it, it sort of helps. But we're, we're a long way ahead of where we were a couple of years ago when you know, the likes of uh, you know, unlimited ultra-fast broadband connections were, were unheard of and you know now, well, if you're in Dunedin anyway, you know you can get one of these unlimited gigabit Ethernet mm. connect or uh, UFB connections for uh, you know what about a hundred dollars. So um, you know it's um, it's not a bad situation that we're in. You know at, at the moment, comparatively speaking, particularly when you line mm. us up against uh, Australia's uh, challenges with getting <laughs> fast internet out. To be polite about it, um, we could make fun of our Aussie neighbours, but uh, I'll save that for another another day. Um, I think we've done that plenty before. Uh, now, interesting one just um, that we heard about this. Uh, NBR was reporting on this one um, that Fish Pond, uh, who are a, an online e-tailer that that tend to parallel import, I believe, lots of you know all sorts of product from from you know varying parts of the world, uh, have been uh, pinged uh, fifty thousand dollars for selling uh, an illegal uh, Garmin dog tracking device. 
Now, this is curious because yeah, Fish Pond, they bring in all sorts of things from, from, from around the world. They sort of act a little bit uh, like an Amazon, I guess, in a, in a way, but they've got a, you know, a, a local presence. And so they're selling to you in, in New Zealand dollars and uh, you know, pretty clear up front around uh, uh, shipping costs and, and so on. But it turns out that a lot of what they sell, uh, I believe, tends to, uh, tends to be designed for other markets. And so, in the past, they've been uh, they've been given warnings and 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 whatnot uh, for distributing things that they shouldn't. And it seems like uh, yeah, this time um, they've actually got a a genuine slap on the hand with this fifty thousand dollar fine. And some of these things, like you know, in this instance, it looks like a, an RF frequency you know difference between nations. And and you know, I think there's there's definitely a lot at work in terms of harmonising. Between the between all the nations to try and get these things all across, you know things like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. You know they've worked really really well because um, because they are standard, and I think that's what needs to happen on a lot of these electrical and and, and RF things. And I think that'll help. Um, well, I mean, it'll certainly help creating products as well as us consuming them, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to have challenges for for some time to come. Uh, you know, with for instance mobile phones where mm-hmm. you know they don't all support all the right sort of bands. There's, there's a lot of variance there from country to country. Um, but I mean, what do you think would be the could could be you know some of the consequences of of these you know the sort of interference and and so on that could be caused by a uh, you know a device that uses the wrong frequency. Well, I think I think here, you know, in a lot of these countries, you know, here different bands, um, you know, whether or not they're a um, commercial or a, or a, or a local secure band, might be a um, a a band that's used for, um, you know, for for um, you know private connections or or or, um, or military, um, something that's um, something that's particular to that nation, and and a lot of that might be of an old, very old vested interest. Could be uh, ten, fifteen, twenty years old and it's, and it's perhaps not even used anymore so you know these sort of things it takes time for somebody to go through and sort of clear out the the craft yeah and i mean i guess here in new zealand we've got the old uh, paging network that um you know spark have said they're going to turn off that potentially you know frees up some space but uh then the- you'll be a bit gutted about getting rid of your pager there <laughs> <laughs> It's been a few years since I've had one of those, but um, I remember when I first uh, visited Singapore, um, Singapore used to be the pager nation. Everybody in Singapore mm. uh, carried a pager. This would be going back, um, well, probably sort of 15 years or so, but uh, yeah, there was nowhere else in the world I've been where everybody had a pager, but Singapore, everyone had a pager. Don't know why that was. Did you ever come across that? Oh, look, look, I mean, I, I, think, um, I, think, I think the pagers, you know, they, had, they were... Are really, um, they were sort of popped to pop, you know, to popularity by the movies, you know, and um, and that was my first sort of first sort of uh, seeing them. And I, 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 you know, I was was never really um, in any business that needed a pager, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whether that was legal or, Ill- or illegal, um, but um, but you know, like these sort of things that are that are um, you know old RF bands that that, that could be potentially infringing i mean there's all there's all sorts of rf equipment out there you know you could be you know making a a, a noise on your radio you could be um crashing your neighbor's drone uh, into the window you know so so i'm sure <laughs> and if it was some sort of industrial or or you know a type of uh yeah interfere yeah interference that you were causing you're not quite sure what the, what the impact of that might be 
especially <laughs> if it's a big drone. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Um, now, uh, Facebook have have picked up a couple of things in the in the news over the last few days. Um, first of all, uh, late last week they reached a billion users for the first time um, online in uh, in a single day. So that, all that that's tell- pretty impressive. I mean, that tells me so. so if we, was that billion in? A twenty-four hour cycle, or was that? That, that was my impression. Right. Um, although I, I might need to re, re, recheck my facts on that, because um, as I as I said that, um, I sort of had this feeling that maybe it was a billion all at once, but I can't, I just can't picture that being reality. That would just be mm. too much because of all the different sort of time zones and so on. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a bit, that was a billion within um, within one one twenty-four hour period. Uh, but as it's not that long ago that we heard about Facebook, uh, you know, sort of hitting around, uh, you know, a billion users to have that many actually active mm. uh, at once is is pretty impressive. And, and you've got to think, you know, how many of those people are um, are accessing Facebook while they're at work? You know, I think if we added up the uh, cumulative hourly rate of um, of all those people accessing uh, Facebook for that, you know, what does that statistic mean? You know. Um, in terms of lost productivity, well, what is it costing technique? <laughs> uh, Twenty staff uh, spending an hour a day on Facebook uh, over a year. Yeah, this is expensive for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um, I think it's an interesting you know it's an interesting that we you know we can um, we can sit there and, and spend quite a bit of time on Facebook. Um, you know, socialising. I think that's a you know, a billion users. That's that's people spending a few minutes a day. You know, that's that's a that's a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's used in all sorts of ways. For instance, uh, when when I was travelling recently, you know, I used it to connect with uh, with friends, and you know, using it basically as a replacement for SMS when I was travelling, and and that was quite uh, quite convenient for hitting up people and. In different places, uh, you know, I was able to use it when I was when I was on a flight uh, from uh, from Singapore to to London. So because there was you know there was Wi Fi on the plane, uh, you know, I could use Facebook Messenger. Whereas I you know wasn't able to uh, sit there sending text messages. So yeah, there are varying sort of situations, I guess, where it comes into play, and that's where uh, Facebook's next announcement, which just also came through. Um, comes in, and that's that uh, Facebook are launching their own virtual assistant uh, called M, which is is rather interesting. So they've got uh, a virtual assistant that uh, will sit uh, or sits within uh, Messenger, and uh, you know you'll be able to ask it the same sorts of questions that you ask Siri, uh, or even the questions that we were asking uh, Alexa before, which is uh, Amazon's one. Um, Ben, what have you, you've you've been using one of these Alexa uh, things from Amazon for for a while? It's the Amazon Echo, isn't it? You call it Alexa uh, around your office. Maybe you can um, you know tell us some of the things that you've been using your uh, Amazon Echo for in terms of sort of you know controlling things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it, it, it's um, I mean, we we went and had a wee look at these Alexa things. We now quite a quite an interesting wee device. Um, we bought a couple just to bring them over and pull them apart um, to see how they work. They've got quite a quite a good microphone system in there. So we 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 sat around on a on a Friday Friday four o'clock beer session and um and and started asking a few questions there. And she had some quite 
interesting responses, you know. Um, you know, when would the world end and um, what was the meaning of life? So she, she was fairly well-educated. Shall we try one of those out now? Shall we try one of those out now just to... Uh, just to see. see. See see what she has to say. Alexa, when will the world end? Unless it collides with a very large rock or a future technology goes very wrong indeed. Earth is most likely to be destroyed when the sun swells into a red giant in several billion years' time. Oh, thanks for that, Alexa. So, the age of the digital assistants. Yes, well, I'm I'm curious what um, you know what new entertaining things that uh, we're, we're going to see out of Facebook because uh, it's sort of you know they're, they're definitely a bit of it is the uh, uh, you know is the is the fun side of it in terms of asking them silly questions and, and seeing you know whether they've got intelligible or, or useful answers at all uh, and then you know on the flip side is well what what actual real cool practical things. Um, you know, will these assistants be able to do for us? And it's kind of curious. We've seen so many different ones announced over the last little while. You know, you probably noticed some of the ones coming through at CES and the like. I remember a robot that was sort of shown off there uh, this year. Well, in fact, they didn't show the robot, but there was a there was a sort of a Kickstarter video and so on for uh, uh, this sort of assistant robot. And um, there have been varying other sort of projects outside of the big companies, and uh, yeah, a lot seem to be playing in this space. Yeah, well, I think um, we had that movie Her, right? Um, you know, and that was uh, that was that sort of you know the, the the falling in love with the AI, you know, just having a conversation with it. You know, this is this is you know this is step one. I mean, this is you know we're we're, we're on progress to that. Yep, and the TV program uh, Humans, which is which has been uh, you know floating around on TV three the last. Right. Uh, last few weeks, which I guess uh, you know, put skin on the virtual assistant, uh, which is rather <laughs> an interesting uh, uh, take. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're certainly some 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 interesting uh, interesting years ahead as as this technology builds out. But um, yeah, you can certainly already see you know lots of shortcomings of the technology. But yeah, compared to where we were in terms of using natural language to communicate with computers. Uh, you know, even three or four years ago, uh, you know, it's really starting to move on quite quickly. So, yeah, I think there's there's going to be some really cool stuff to come out of this. Yeah, and I think it's and it's accessible too for for developers to integrate. And I think that you know those ideas and innovations, you know, accessing the Google API and the and some of what um, Eco is integrating, it's it's easy for people to use. So you sort of going to see people lever off these things and I think that's just going to really start accelerating like you say three years ago this stuff just didn't work you know um, and and now it kind of works yeah yeah yep. <laughs> uh, but I mean the, the I don't think we've really sort of pushed into what the possibilities are in terms of you know how useful mm. the type of technology you know, can be um, but you know it will you know fall into that place I guess of, of you know helping people uh, get a little bit more done, and then you you know you move to that point where uh, the technology does you know start taking away jobs to a degree as well. So yeah, there's some interesting yeah future challenges that we have to you know deal with as as the technology actually gets or you know appears to be smart um, in its in its own way. I suppose uh, I can't see it really taking a, over any 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 jobs here anytime soon. What about at, at your office, Ben? <laughs> Well, I think I, you know, I, I, I agree that it's, it's it's not much of a job taker, but it is pretty entertaining, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there are there are areas, you know, slowly but 
but surely we just see very little bits and pieces that you know that we hand off to technology you know the the mm. automated assistant for handling phone calls and you know bits and bits and pieces like that but um you know it's not uh it's not broad enough yet to to do a whole lot of heavy lifting is it no no i think that the that that integration into home automation i think is that is that first sort of easy you know, low-hanging fruit. I think, and um, and and I think that's that being done, that well executed, and I think, um, and that's going to become an expectation. So, um, so let's see it this this year's CES and see, you know, see what's around, see how that's been been integrated. I think there might be a few few new things we can announce there. Excellent. I will look look forward to that. Um, I guess you'll be there as, as usual. You t- always tend to be at CES. Yep, and we'll be there at CES, uh, CES next CES. I'm looking forward to it. It was a huge one, huge uh, last, well, this year. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, massive. there was there was all that talk a couple of years ago around the you know demise of CES, and uh, you know, from my perspective, it just seems to keep getting better and better each year. Uh, and you know, certainly an event for those who are you know just interested in, in catching a picture of where things are going. It's it's well worth getting along to. Um, you know, it's an event that I always sort of yeah say to myself, oh, I don't really want to go because it's early January time. You want to be off doing fun stuff with your family on on holiday, but I can't stop myself from going because it's just such an awesome event. So, um, yeah, well, well, well worth it. Now, Google have uh, have made an interesting announcement regarding uh, Flash. So uh, Chrome is going to stop uh, playing uh, Flash ads automatically, um, basically from uh, from about now. Uh, this week they um, they have that change in place. So it's going to cause a bit of disruption out there, isn't it, for, oh, the, for, riddance, for, the, for the advertising industry? But uh, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, look, I, 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 yeah, two words: a, a good riddance, you know. And I think um, you know Safari's. Uh, had that now for a while. Uh, I think it um, formats your hard drive if you try and install Flash. So, so I think it's been on the way out, and um, and this is just the nail on the coffin. You know, I think um, I think it's probably ninety percent of um, of browser crashes are probably responsible. It's yeah, and it, it's just it's enough coverage that I think uh, you know this will this will make the difference. And you know, it was interesting. I I kind of uh, you know assumed that there just wasn't much going on in terms of uh, you know using Flash in this day and age but you know i've talked to a few people over the last uh i guess over the last sort of six six months or so that are involved in the in the advertising world and uh yeah no they're still quite commonly uh putting stuff together in uh in in flash which uh you know to me was a little bit head scratching when you know just about anything's possible uh you know these days within um you know alternative technologies uh, html5 and so on so um, yeah, I think you're, you're right. It um, causes far too many crashes and <laughs> issues in the browser. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great to uh, to see Flash winding down much more quickly. But it is an end of an era, and you, you know you think about what what it brought to the internet in the early days. It was you know it did bring that interactivity. It it um, it did bring a um, you know it, it was a lot more exciting. You know it it, it was it was fairly static. Uh, prior to Flash, but I think you know things moved quite quickly, um, and and Flash just didn't keep up, and I think that's 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 just you know that's this the evolution. So, so you know everybody house has moved on except Flash. So it's it's time. Yeah, well, you know, I guess it's it served it served a purpose. You know, there was that there was that time when a web browser. 
uh, you know, just wasn't able to really display rich content. And so, you know, we needed that layer that Flash brought to, uh, you know, enable all sorts of things, uh, you know, streaming video and so on through our browsers. There was, you know, there, there was a chunk of stuff that it did that was really good. There was also lots of really bad stuff that people did with, <laughs> with Flash uh, over, the, over the years. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we're very much reaching the end of, end of that, uh, that era. And, you know, I guess it's been, it's been a long time since we've been using, you know, iPads and, and smartphones and so on that haven't had Flash. So, yeah, that's part of the reason why it was such a surprise to me to, you know, hear that uh, there were still people so committed to developing, uh, you know, advertising and, uh, you know, even websites in, in Flash in this day and age. But, uh, yeah, I think the, um, the end is, um, is very quickly approaching for Flash now. <laughs> Now, um, one other product that I've just come across, uh, just just been announced from um, LG, actually, is a, a roll-up uh, keyboard. Now, did you have a look at the uh, the video, the pictures for this? This is, um, you know, I sort of thought, oh, that sounds sounds pretty um, pretty silly, but it actually looks like quite a reasonable keyboard. Yeah, going having a look at that, it's one of those things that um, you know I've been over the arming an hour in the last time. Last few times I've um, been travelling through the airports, I've been thinking, you know, what makes that tablet usable? I sort of look at the tablet, look at the laptop, and I think, well, you know, it would be a good keyboard, um, but they're often, the, you know, they're just too big. You know, mm. they add they add so much bulk it takes it away from the tablet. So, um, so I think that's I, I think there's potential in it, and it, and it actually looks like a fairly decent chunky keyboard too. That you know you can actually put you know, it's, it's so so interesting, you know, interesting one to watch. Yeah, so it's called the Rolly. If anyone's interested, uh, it's going to be going to be launching, uh, I think, f- uh, virtually immediately in the in the US, and then uh, uh, rolling out sort of Asia Pacific and other other parts of the world um, closer towards Christmas. Uh, but it, yeah, it looks quite interesting. Just you know, pair it up with your device. Uh, I think up to two two devices over uh, over Bluetooth, and yeah, it um, sort of folds up into a um a long sort of a squarish looking tube isn't it um but it, it looks like it's got prop, proper keys on it and you can uh, you can um stand your your tablet uh with it um or yeah link it up to your smartphone as well and um yeah you see a few keyboards sort of come through from tablets of, of varying sort of um styles but this one's pretty pretty unique and looks as though it would be um convenient for its uh you know its small size but uh also reasonably capable um now one um one more thing nasa is on a mission to hawaii this is kind of this uh, is awesome is is fascinating so you know we're, we're we're used to hearing of uh you know the next place that nasa wants to go and of course you know mars is very much on the uh uh on the long-term horizon but we're, we're not going to get there tomorrow so um uh nasa have set up this um uh dome i suppose you call it in uh in hawaii and uh, they're trying to, you know, simulate what it would be like uh, on a mission to Mars. So you've got a group of people that are basically going to be locked up in this uh, um, tiny white dome for um, for about a year. Um, <laughs> although there is a little caveat, though. Um, I believe that if they put a spacesuit on, they will be able to actually go outside. 
So they're not completely locked indoors. But I mean, I think this has got all the um, all the makings of a fantastic reality series, and and <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a lost opportunity there, Paul. Yeah, well, maybe we could uh, podcast it. Maybe we better get hold of uh, NASA and uh, see if we can uh, live stream this thing or something. It, um, yeah, I uh, I just can't imagine being um, you know stuck with a very small group of uh, other people uh, in such a situation, but. I guess there are a whole bunch of people that have volunteered and say they want to go to Mars, so um, this is probably a good way to um, to test them out. Although, uh, being a NASA project, I, I guess this isn't just going to be, um, um, you know, ran- random people. They'll be uh, fairly well uh, selected. It's, it's actually an eight, they're calling it an eight-month mission. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's like going to space in a way. Except you just haven't gone so far. So you're not going to have quite such cool stories to tell afterwards. Would you do it, Ben? I, I think um, I think when, when it gets to that point, when we, when we are ready for those things, I, I, I think I'd seriously consider it. I think, it, I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's a pretty adventurous sort of thing. I think going to Hawaii, perhaps not. But, you know, if it was involving well, something... Hawaii's a nice place well, to go to, Ben. I enjoy going I there. I was just looking at the other part, photos. John enjoys it. <laughs> The other photos of Hawaii that that sort of didn't involve a bleak-looking sort of volcanic surface, <laughs> I was actually sort of sort of thinking of. But um, but it does look a bit moonlike in the in their uh, in their picture there, doesn't it? Yeah, I sort of went on there on um, on Google Maps, and it's sort of moonlike for sort of quite a few kilometres surrounding it. So it's it's bleak. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. Now, Ben, let's talk about what John Scully's been up to. Now, maybe you can fill listeners in on who John Scully is, in case there's uh, one or two who don't know. So he was the man that was famous for um, for giving Steve Jobs the boot at Apple. Um, you know, sold sugary water and went to to Apple and um, and and ran and ran Apple. So um, that was yeah, that was where he came from, and he's and he's and he looks like he's in the news again. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, there's some, there's definitely some interesting stories there uh, around John Scully and and his time. Uh, at Apple, which was you know there was he was there for uh, what was it uh, about a decade, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, after he moved over so, from uh, from running uh, Pepsi, uh, but virtually ran uh, Apple into the the ground, or, or, or so so it seemed. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's been been in the news in the last few days for a couple of things. First of all, for saying some some nice stuff uh, about Steve Jobs. Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, you know, and I, and I think he's right to a certain extent that that you know the media does portray uh, Steve Jobs and, and sometimes in a harsh light, um, and and John saying that that um, you know he was a he was a pretty fair guy, um, you know, and 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 he did listen and he, and he was a um, he was a good guy to work with, um, and um, but you know, like he he you know he did. You know a lot of those things that he that he was doing and blowing his top in the in the meetings that did that did happen. But you know, but he was a good guy. So so you know, it sounds like um, it sounds like he's going to his his um, um his rescue in some regard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he made made the comment um, that he wished he had uh, hired, hired uh, Steve Jobs back. Um, which yeah, in light of all all that went on, um, yeah, it's it's nice. Now, what what we wanted to talk about though was the uh, the new product that um, he's now involved in a new uh, a smartphone that uh, 
Well, I guess in, in some ways you could say puts them um, at, at odds with Apple, trying to uh, compete with Apple in a way with a um, a new line of um, pretty pretty stylish, pretty styly looking um, smartphones that uh, appear to have some pretty good technology inside them. They're pretty well priced. The the, the you know there's a couple of couple of models there. Um, you know your high end and and and, and your mid end, um, but they're using good stuff. They've got the Gorilla Glass in there. Um, you know Qualcomm Qualcomm processors in the in the higher end one, um, and it looks like they're really targeting the emerging markets with them. So you know price points in that um, you know sub sub two hundred dollars. So we've got one nine nine and one two nine. Yeah, we're, yeah. We've, what are they calling them? The OB World Phone SF One uh, SJ One Point Five, and uh, yeah, pretty pretty capable Android based. I reckon they look slick. I, they they know. do they do yeah. look they do look pretty slick. I guess what I wonder is, you know, what does it does it take now for uh, you know a smartphone manufacturer to get that cut through? Because there is some nice, you know, there is other nice looking gear out there in the market. There's not a lot that looks as good as this at these sorts of price points, um, but a real challenge for any smartphone maker now to get good distribution globally. Like, you know, they, they can get that, you know, I guess that sort of pickup where people are going to go online and order these things, but, uh, you know, hard for them to get, you know, mobile carriers in, in lots and lots of countries to... Uh, you know to stock them although what you know what we've read so far is they're going to be uh you know available you know right across a whole lot of asian countries and uh and into africa um pretty quickly so you know, i guess that that you know they've obviously done done well to get that sort of uh momentum uh you know straight out of the gates yeah i'd, I'd say for those sort of price points they are buying in a, in a decent volume so somebody's backed them to you know and you know john's probably still got a, a bit of cash left over so maybe maybe that's that's part of it um, well, but, he's got to use it up sometime. I think he's uh, what seventy six now, so um, you know, can't take it with you. So um, yeah, he's having 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 a little bit of a punt here. So yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know whether this would have been a news story if John Scully wasn't associated with it. I mean, mm, yes, definitely. Agreed. You know, ni- mm. nice phones and so on. Um, but you know, the 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 name, uh, you know, certainly, um, yeah. Particularly because because of well uh, only because of his time with Apple, um, you know, ca- carries some weight, but uh, not really known to be a, a, a tech genius himself, a marketing definitely a marketing man. Um, but yeah, looks like nice products. So uh, let's see, maybe they'll send us one to review. Well, that's us for uh, for this episode. So hey, uh, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in. Uh, now, Ben, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to track you down? You're on Twitter. Yeah, so t- uh, Tweet Technique uh, Limited, um, you know, l- like to hear from you. We're, we're always looking for, um, um, you know, for people, you know, interested in, in, in designing and developing um, electronics. Um, so, you know, if you're into hardware and you and you like gadgets, so, um, you know, come come along. Um, you know, we're growing and uh, moving into a new office soon. Um, so, yeah, like to hear from you. Technique, what's, the, what's your website or email address for people to get in touch? Yeah, no, just uh, yeah, drop me a line, ben at technique.com, um, you know, or, or, or a tweet, um, or, or get us on the web. Excellent. Oh, that's good. And you can track me down at Paul Spain, uh, my company, gorillatechnology.com, if you want to uh, look us up, if you're looking for some help with uh, your organization's uh, IT or, um, 
getting a little bit strategic about uh, planning where we should go next with technology than uh, with a company to talk to. Uh, but that's us for this week. So uh, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you again on the next episode. See ya. Thanks. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.